Welcome to Marine Lions, a podcast about Mumbai's hidden worlds, from the suburbs to the sea. I'm Raghu Karnad. Here's a question we don't often ask. How hard is it to see a city? Of course, I know it's pretty hard to not see a city, Mumbai especially, which has thousands of towers, dozens of flyovers, and an awesome number of people and their homes built at every scale and in every single available niche. But most of the time we spend in the city, we might just be spending in our own heads or focused on the traffic in front of us or just on our phones. I know that I feel like I'm losing my side of the city. Going out for me used to mean walking to a bus stop or a train station and crossing an overbridge, waiting on the side of the road. But more and more, going out just means stepping out of my building and into an Uber and maybe never even looking up from my phone once. I really feel that loss because my profession is based on looking and observing what's around me from different angles. So I think to see the city around us might require more focus or more creativity than we assume. And I wanted to ask for help with that before it's too late. So someone else whose profession is based on looking and who spent his life looking at Mumbai and then helping us to see it through his art is Samir Kulavur. Sam works in all kinds of ways. He's made giant murals the size of a building, but he also likes sketching in a notebook the size of his hand. He's a painter, an illustrator, he designs commercial products, and he loves making zines. I've always appreciated how he sees the city's visual signatures and its social patterns, but without the cliches that are so common in artworks about Mumbai. And his latest series, which is called You Are All Caught Up, helps us to see something new and troubling and more real than ever. Thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you, Raghu, for having me here. So can I ask, start by asking you where you are right now um, in Bombay, if you are, what is it that you see of the city from your home or from where you work? Currently, I'm in the north. I'm at uh, Dharamkot. Uh, but back in Bombay, I live in Paril. It's called uh, Mahadevachi Wadi. It's like a colony. And uh, originally, it was like a cluster of chawls. And then it went into redevelopment. So there is a big building coming up next to it. And the original tenants have been accommodated in this new building. And they had made some extra flats for uh, other occupants. So I managed to get one there. And it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I also spent about five years living in Mazgao and I grew up in suburban Bombay and Borivli. It's like a, a mix of different kind of different Bombays actually. So you grew up in Borivli when Borivli looked different than it does now? Yeah, absolutely different. Uh, I remember walking through okra fields to get to my school as a child. Oh, wow. And things have uh, transformed very fast. This was uh, like early 90s and uh, economic liberalization had just uh, happened and you know the brand started coming in uh, yeah. roads were formed and so on and so forth like it was a very quick change of landscape that's quite surprising actually because i knew that you grew up in mumbai so i always imagined that you grew up with your eye kind of rolling over you know this ultra metropolis that uh, much of the city is today but obviously it wasn't borivli was part of greater mumbai then but it didn't look like it so you've gone from you've gone from okra fields to a place in Parel, which actually sounds like a very emblematic piece of Mumbai, if it's something that, uh, you know, that uh, used to be a chawl and it has now become a redeveloped colony. Right. That sounds right. quite a classic. It's interesting because um, that, I mean, that kind of rapid change 
to witness it as a child uh, and not know why things are happening and then like about 10 years later you in the early 2000s i kind of understood the changes that were happening back then and then to for everything to make sense was very interesting to me and i think because i got to witness that i understand these changes a little better i guess yeah you know i can i think i can really relate to that i i noticed that you and i were born in the same year some year so uh, we we're contemporaries and we definitely a similar process i i grew up in bangalore the visual transformation and the 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 the, the change in the way a city was lit up you know the materials that were used in a city the kind of the illumination of the city by the 90s something that really happened in front of our eyes during a very impressionable age i think and did it uh, certainly left a huge impact and also i think um, socially things were uh, kind of boiling at that time in bombay at least 92 riots happened and things uh, right. changed very fast post that as well you know entire uh, i mean the demographics uh, change of you know entire buildings or colonies where you know a certain community would leave to live with a certain community right i mean like you could see an a kind of an exodus uh, happening which was also quite uh, impactful so there there must have been there must have been a lot of social dynamics in mumbai that were different from the ones that i was seeing in 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 bangalore that were much more about insecurity and yeah. uh, and and people feeling like they didn't belong there possibly correct so having you know having spent uh, having spent the 90s and also the years since then watching these cities kind of like flash and and change and and experience also riots and all sorts of transformations you know i, I feel like i'm having a different problem in the present right you heard the problem i described in my introduction as i get older and more comfortable in the city I see less and less of it. Yeah. Do you do you ever feel the, that at risk of the same thing and then how do you resist it, you know, since your vocation is all about seeing and depicting the city? I mean like this is something we all uh, kind of go through uh, we get desensitized right with our surroundings, immediate surroundings. Um what happened to me uh, back in 2008 or 9 as I took a sabbatical from my commercial work at that point. I moved out of india for about 40 months i traveled a bit when i came back i mean it was a completely new landscape and the first time i'm spending so much time away from you know my hometown where i grew up what was your commercial work before that so i used to i have dabbled with a lot of uh, i mean illustration work for brands uh, motion graphics for mtv channel v those kind of uh, projects which was like a it seems now like a different life it also sounds there's another piece of iconic 90s um, visuals is motion graphics for mtv and channel v everyone was involved in some capacity i guess and but i was doing a lot of animation and direction work at that point but then like yeah that creative burnout sort of a thing happened and i thought i'll take a break and once i came back i saw things very differently and um, that really hit me in a sense that after that every year i do take off for about a month or two and come back to bombay to me it, with me it really works because i feel sensitized again right i like this word you said uh, you said desensitize and now you're talking about what you do to resensitize yourself which one of those things is is leaving the city for a while but when you are in the city do you have any habits that you hold on to that help you keep your eyes open like i'm i'm constantly looking observing it's like some kind of obsessive habit and i do carry a sketchbook with me at all times i always have a sketchbook a notebook or like some basic tools 
So I'm taking notes a lot of time. I have, I mean, now we have our smartphones. So I tend to uh, keep my eyes open and uh, keep taking a lot of pictures of peculiar things. And some of that you'll find on my uh, Instagram feed, but it, it kind of becomes like this photo bank resource that I can go back to when I'm doing my larger paintings or my, um, you know, my zines or uh, other work. I'm always, uh, I mean, it's become like a practice that I always keep a, you know, this bank is just building up of ideas and it may be the most mundane things. Sure. You know, so uh, recently in sure. your, in where I'm staying very close by, there is this uh, one house um, and it has a large window uh, and outside the window, there is a concrete staircase that overlaps the window. And it's so bizarre, like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, a, it's funny, it's bizarre. And because of the geometry of it, geometry of it and the, the absurdity of it that you can't, open the window because the concrete staircase is right diagonally <laughs> it's literally outside yeah. so it's impo- it's an impossible situation <laughs> yeah so you know like very absurd absurd things that just for some reason kind of stay i like to uh, hold on to them and um, yeah and keep like a bank of these occurrences you just mentioned something that i didn't think of while i was writing my introduction which is that yes having a phone does mean that you spend a lot of time looking down into your own lap or your own hands at the same time to give credit where it's due we are all now do engaged in a kind of visual practice that uh, most of us wouldn't have been before. In that sense, it's also democratized looking and seeing and photographing in a way that certainly didn't exist before. And I also do spend, you know, we're all almost uh, greedily often looking for the right angle on a beautiful flowering tree or on the window of a train or every single time we drive down the ceiling. I wanted to talk to you about the ceiling because I, because for me, that's, that's an interesting case. In some sense, I think it's possibly the most uh, photogenic place in the city, but not in a way that interests me. You know, it's not a place that you see people, let alone the living character of Mumbai. So that the ceiling kind of highlights for me some, the extra difficulty of seeing a city at its human scale. It's easy to look at something that's beautiful and monumental. But one thing that I like about your work is that it is all at human scale. And it's all on the life and the motion of human figures through the city. Is there a particular place that you think, of course, there are many answers to this. It might be a difficult question that you look for the city at human scale. My last uh, studio where I painted most of the works from URL Kotup uh, was on the ground floor in in like a old uh, kind of structure in Mazgao, the single uh, block. It's kind of like a shop as well because it had a shutter on one side and and in the evenings around 6-7 p.m. there would be a Vada Pao guy putting up his stall right outside my uh, studio. So I'm, um, I really enjoy that kind of uh, vantage point where, you know, I'm part of, you know, the people who make up the city. Plus you get Vada Pao. You get Vada Pao, that's a bonus. Fresh. <laughs> and uh, a lot of things. So this Vada Pao guy was uh, extremely friendly and he kept saying that if you face any problem, then I have contacts with the police. So, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> or you know or picking up um, or beginning to chat with the cab driver that's one of the most amazing things that you could possibly do in Bombay like talk to a cab driver you know if, if I'm taking a always true yeah yellow a black taxi um, and especially during the elections I, I would always like try to like poke them to understand what's going on on ground you know what are these I mean what are 
people thinking like common people so i enjoy those things um, interaction with a kirana store a mall becomes a very non human uh, kind of a thing where there is a facade always in yeah. all our interactions and you can't possibly strip it down it's it's a commercial space and uh, no one bothers to ask you know how you're doing i think those things are uh, fascinating to be present at um, ground level some of the work that you recently did are these human figures that were placed on a mural on the covering the full, whole uh, facade of the indian art fair in 2020 those are very memorable because they capture the kind of vertical forms of mumbai you associate mumbai certainly with vertical forms but in, but in a human but in human figures you know whether it's whether it's a fisherwoman standing with stacked baskets or someone standing with stacked tiffins where did you where where did you go to find those were those images that you retrieved from your insta roll for instance so uh, i i was part of this project called sasoon doc art project i think it this was done by uh, the, the guys behind uh, start india street art india right. so while i was working on that project i came across a lot of these instances where stacking things vertically isn't that what a city is right we do that on a desk at a very basic level that you stack things up to save space right. and space is money uh, so i'm making uh, that you know that similar connection where every shop when you see or like you know like a shop that's selling uh, gaddas mattresses the way he would stack things up or even a kirana store where everything is so like one on top of the other so you're yeah. it's essentially that we are always saving space saving money so i was trying to make that connection with with obviously the inhabitants of these spaces yeah the verticality like you mentioned and for me that's fascinating that it equates it's equal to money that's right in in some sense when you think about about stacking in order to to save space one way one way to think about that is to imagine a skyscraper another way is to think about those incredible constructions that people live in informal colonies or in slums where those of us who are lucky enough we've never even been inside those those structures but the most amazing kind of uh, formations stacked on top of each other built of very well cheap materials mm. that become people's homes and shelter shelter them through mumbai's weather it's great to like observe that um, and also like the variety of uh, raw materials that they use right you you find some spots which have bricks but then you have like a concrete slab somewhere and then like you see a bamboo is just supporting one part of the roof so it's just about standing Uh, in some yeah. sense and it's it's great to see okay. that to me there's some kind of kind of parallel magical architecture happening in those structures which allows people to to dwell in them through the rainy season through the heat i want to talk especially about your latest show samir because for me there it it captures something very true to my own experience and also to what we're all going through now since none of us are going out you are all caught up was showing at uh, gallery tark I got those images from them and they gave me a lot to think about because these are paintings you know is it oil on canvas it's uh, mostly acrylic on canvas it's acrylic on canvas so it's a traditional medium but they're capturing something so non-traditional and so contemporary about our urban existence so in these paintings we have these kind of tight frames filled with human figures and mostly all these figures are on their phones scrolling and staring at their phones as you do you see these cities some of the some of the canvases zoom out a bit and you see our city as a landscape that's filled with glowing devices yeah now i know that we look at our screens all day long but we don't actually look at ourselves 
looking at our screens yeah. all day long. So how, when did you notice that and, and decide that that should be uh, something you reveal in this show? Well, um, I hadn't planned the show uh, when I started painting. I didn't think of, you know, I'll be doing a series or on the use of uh, digital devices or whatever. Um, what happened is uh, I was myself, you know, alarmed by how much I was consuming. And you have this option to check your consumption and how much time you spend on each app. So I checked that one yeah. day and uh, it was just shocking because I guess half of my day I was spending on, you know, certain apps or whatever. For me, it was like a like a meta moment. Then I started noticing how people are using their phones and, and to counter the time that I spend on my phone, I thought I should paint about it. So I spend less yeah. time on my own phone uh, and instead like put my energy into, you know, this right oil on oil on canvas or acrylic on canvas being a very traditional like sort of medium and that's what also was very interesting to me be very present in the moment and still paint uh you know in a, in a sort of a traditional manner i've also used um, a certain varnish on all of these paintings a very shiny varnish which reminded me of my experiences at museums where you see these old uh paintings that have very shiny surface like three four hundred years ago i wanted that kind of clash between this feels like a very old kind of way of painting but uh, oh these are subjects that are very close to me i'm possibly one of these so those kind of things yeah and of course if if you weren't doing acrylic on temp uh, if you're doing acrylic and painting maybe you would be making nfts right now but um, i'm not going to encourage that one thing that strikes you when you see actual paintings in their frames and the way you've sort of crammed these figures into these frames especially some of the really dynamic ones where men are brawling or or something like a riot is happening while the phones are still on all around them, capturing them. What that framing tells me is that when we're looking into our screen all the time, uh, like we are and like the figures in your paintings are, there's something we're not looking at. Right. There's there's right. a question that's raised by the way you're putting figures in these frames, which is what is it that's outside of the frame that they're not looking at? Uh, you, you tell me, so is that the actual life of the city? What's happening outside of the frames? Outside the frame, there are more people looking into their phones, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, really, like these, like the phones, they almost reminded me of if you have a light on somewhere and you have these insects that kind of come, you know, attracted to the light and, uh, and you see a lot of them. And burn themselves and die. Yeah, possibly. But... Uh, that was one of the things that kind of came to my mind at that time when I was painting. Obviously, when you're into your phones, you're not really looking, you're not really observing anything. Uh, you, I mean, I have friends who nowadays on your phone, you have these prompts, memories from one year ago or two years ago. And uh, they look at that and that's the time they actually see or experience what they were doing back then. Whereas back then they were not really present. Yeah. Um, so that is also kind of very strange. It's like that there used to be a fear that we would outsource our memory to the phone and now that doesn't even seem like uh, like a fear anymore. It seems like it's kind of explicitly happened. As, as someone who started painting the screens in order to avoid looking at them, you tell me, is there something, that, is there a reason that you think people should be trying to keep their eyes on the city directly? As a lifelong observer of Mumbai, do you have any advice for someone like me if I were to say, what should I be doing to get my eyes off my phone and to spend more time observing my city? Right. To me, it, it comes naturally and because of this kind of practice I've uh, 
uh, you know really put myself into this kind of obsessive observation but i mean you could be doing so many things away from your phone like you could be like like i said you could be talking to your cab driver you could be having you know a meaningful interaction with uh, someone that you may not even notice when you're into your phone like there's so it's like a cluster of missed opportunities uh, sometimes to think of it yeah i don't know i mean like people also I, i've noticed people uh, using their phone to take pictures uh, but they are conscious of the framing so they want to post it as a story so they are taking a vertical uh, shot you know so those things also are like so everything that you're seeing right now is through a lens of your ratio of where the image is going to go and you're not seeing it i mean like when i take pictures i also do that i mean i take pictures uh, often i'm just taking i'm just leaving the whole artistic side or the photography uh, side of it away and just taking right. a picture to snap it right, right as just as a record purely as a record uh, that goes into my like photo bank i don't know i mean i i try not to worry about an artistic rendition because that that's what i anyway do in my paintings i think i compose so for me this thing is uh, more like a you know a noting just to make a note i saw this and yeah it should stay in my bank like recently i saw this bench um, it was just basically a plank of wood one side there was a neel kamal stool that was supporting it the other side there was a carrom board as a as yeah. legs for this bench so like those things just blow my mind um, i wonder like what happened what were the circumstances that this had to happen and when you i mean when i try to do that like try to read into a certain object or a certain texture that gives me a lot of fodder for thought so do you think more people should try making uh, some kind of art not just through their phones as a as as an experience in inhabiting their city more really it depends on what you make out of your observation then so you're not going to scold anyone for for using their phones i i, I would uh, scold my uh, the people who intern with me <laughs> yeah. people who work with me maybe i'll take your advice and and go with if you need to shoot photographs rather than framing them and cutting out the rest of the picture and choosing just leaving just what's inside that looks aesthetic try to take a bad photograph yeah maybe we should yeah. be trying to take bad photographs that's a great challenge so that they actually work as aids to memory rather than just things that we want to to put online for other people to admire correct like a picture perfect pictures don't need to be there even the city no matter how much you love it is is not meant to be a picture perfect place yeah you, in fact the grimiest places are often so fascinating like the sasoon docks yeah like not as a poverty pawn or that kind of a thing but just kind of factors that come together to make that happen it's just great all right well that's a i'm going to take that advice and see what it feels like to make my own photo uh chasing right a little different and and set slightly different goals and i'm also going to keep pushing to to walk more because after all you can look at your phone while you're walking but it does put some limits on it look away from your phone look outside your window even if you're in a cab it doesn't matter it just helps to look out and definitely talking to talking to your auto driver or your cabby which is a classic mumbai thing is something we should not be forgetting and probably remains as rewarding as it ever was and some of them are so philosophical absolutely thanks a lot sam it's good to talk to you we're all under lockdown right now so part of this conversation feels a little nostalgic since uh, the most we're seeing is just the fixed view from our balconies but maybe that's a good place to start and maybe when we do get back out now we'll value the view and being able to see so much that we took for granted earlier 
Thanks so much for joining. Thanks a lot, Abhi, for having me here. Thank you. 